0: back to Cinema 7. Uh, it is me, Mario Bocari, the host of this episode, yet another episode. This is part two with Chris Hawk. That's me. And uh, we're talking about Sony and Marvel. We're talking about Star Wars. Last time, I didn't mean to leave you on the cliffhanger, but we ran out of time. You can listen to part one of the discussion that me and Chris Hawk had where it's uh, talking about life, relationships, mostly relationships, Um, hence the name of the episode, Life and Relationships. But uh, Chris Hawk, let's get it underway. Let's start off where we left off, Marvel and Sony, their relationship, where they were uh, on agreeing to a term to bring Spider-Man back into the MCU. I almost said MTU. It's MCU. Uh, I don't know what MTU would stand for. Now I know a lot of people have already probably talked about this, and we are just finally getting to it, and there's been a lot of discussion online. Uh Sony, you know, and what they would do with the character and, and everyone was pretty much on Marvel's side. So Okay, what is your opinions of this, Chris Og? I, I always I didn't I wasn't worried. I felt like uh Marvel uh, I, and Sony would I, reach I, I a think- deal anyway.
1: Right, right. I think I was, I was always what you were thinking. Like, they need to get it done. Yeah, there. I think Sony knows that. Like, let's let's just be real. The Amazing Spider-Man one and two weren't the best Spider-Man movies. They were definitely fun, but there's a reason why there wasn't a third one. There's a reason why the second one I'm pretty sure is made the less amount, the least amount of money. But when I say least amount of money, let's not let's not like. Amazing Spider-Man didn't make a jumbo amount of money. The uh, Amazing Spider-Man is a spider. It's a Spider-Man movie, so it's gonna make a lot of money. But Sony and Marvel's relation relationship, you know they they've been doing very well. They had a Spider-Man for the first time break a billion dollars. There's just no way, no way.
0: They weren't gonna work together. Yeah, there's no way. So I, I mean, from a, ba- a business standpoint too like, think about it. like, obviously, Sony not giving wanting to give up fully on Spider-Man is smart by them because they can see the, the profit that Spider-Man brings in and the fan base of that character and how much it it means to people and stuff right. like that. They're making some money off of that. So why the hell would you give that up entirely? So from a business standpoint, like, like, listen to this, like Rami's trilogy. This was back in the heyday before
1: superhero movies were super popular. Spider Man and X Men made them explode. You know, they exploded into something new. Rami, Sam Rami's two point five billion for all three movies, right? You have the the Mark Webbs movies, which made one point four billion between the two movies, right? So each one's making over seven hundred million dollars, and then you have the far the home movie, the home Spider Mans. And just by two movies alone, you have made over two billion dollars. So there's no, there's no way this was never going to come back, because Disney, of course, Disney had to come back with its tail between its legs and be like, "We'll take whatever deal. We don't want 50/50 anymore. We want yada, yada, 25, 35 percent."
0: Yeah. So do you think Sony, from a business standpoint? did a good negotiating job. I think
1: as long as so- Sony has Spider-Man, I think they are the cl- I think they're going to win no matter what. And they're going to make money off of him no matter what. Mm-hmm. This is I mean, Spider-Man is just like Batman and Superman, instantly recognizable 100% around the world. So, he's going to make money no matter what. And the MCU Actually, had a problem with making him somewhat too important, so they kind of screwed. They kind of, you know, did it to themselves a little bit, making him the making him part of the future of the MCU. So they kind of needed him. I wouldn't say they definitely needed him, but they kind of kind of do. You know, he's he's part of the teen superhero, you know, semi young adult superheroes that. You know, we really don't see a lot of, so that's another nice aspect of the MCU now going in of having these young heroes. Hopefully, they get to a like a young Avengers, and you see Spider Man leading it or some
0: BS. But you, you obviously under Sony because they don't have all, they don't have all of the MCU stuff. They um are able to give Spider Man his own individual story where he can develop by himself and he can develop in his own, um, world. So, in a way, it helps the character develop more, and, you know, with the MCU, like you said, they, they by making him so important in a vast world that they've created of heroes, it kind of, uh, they kind of dug themselves in if they lost him. Right. Like, Tony Stark is pivotal to his story
1: now. You know what I'm saying? Taking him away yeah. from the MCU would kind of... Because you're not allowed to say Tony Stark ever again if you just do... If it if they sever their relationship, I don't think they're allowed to have mentioned any MCU characters ever again. Yeah. And since the MCU is now an important part of his story, it just... It diminishes everything they've done.
0: But why can't the MCU just, like, refer to him as Peter? Because... They don't have, I mean, Sony doesn't own the name Peter.
1: I think they own the licensing and the likeness of the character. I don't think you're allowed to.
0: Yeah, but you can refer to, you can talk about him as Peter in the third person, right? Why would you give away his identity like that, okay?
1: (laughs) I thought you didn't mind that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do, I do. If everyone in the freaking world knows it now.
0: Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah, we'll see what they do though. Speaking of MCU, Kevin Feige is going to do a Star Wars movie. How do you feel about this, Chris Hawk? Uh, I think when our the unknown the
1: um the lost podcast episode that we didn't do on was it Thursday night? Yeah, I told you to go first, and I want you to go first
0: again. So my only issue with well, I have a few. Things I'd like to point out. <laughs> Kevin Foggy has a lot on his plate for Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think giving him another project is uh there, there's a lot going on because he's got a he, he's got a lot to do in the MCU still, but then now you're putting him in another universe. Right, 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 right. And the way the MCU is set up, I really don't want them to mm-hmm. Well, that's that's not entirely true. I just I I don't want movies to be just to just uh, be meaningless one offs. I don't want his treatment like what he has done with villains isn't ideal to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, villains should be a little more important. And I mean, obviously, it's not the case for all of the villains in the MCU, but there is a villain problem.
1: Well, it is. There was a villain problem for the first two phases. I think you could say that effectively except for loki
0: yeah i i think that there is uh he forces a lot of nostalgia he forces and there's a he forces in a lot of like uh pop culture jokes and i think they force a lot of jokes in general and i don't want that in star wars i want jokes to be organic and more natural um to the universe itself So I'm worried about that. And also there's a lot of movies in the MCU where the pacing is just rushed to get through the plot or the storytelling isn't as fleshed out. So I'm a little scared on that standpoint because Star Wars movies have always had, up until the sequel trilogy, arguably, okay? In my opinion, the sequel trilogy has suffered in storytelling and, uh, you know, there's obviously an argument there so however you see fit you know i I mean i'm not trying to say your opinion's wrong i'm just saying in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) that i'm not i'm not i'm in my opinion the sequel trilogy suffers in storytelling and character development and you know i'll debate with anybody on twitter if they want to debate me um not saying i'm debating to be right i'm just debating or stating my side of it. And you can de- state your side of it. And Maybe I will start to see your insight more. So, um, yeah, those are the reasons why I am scared for Kevin Feige doing Star Wars. How do you feel, Chris, Hott, besi- off of what I said in my opinions? I'm just going to say five words, Mario. Okay.
1: Knights of the Old Republic.
0: I'll tell you what this Kevin <laughs> Feige... <laughs> I would love the shit out of that but I'll tell you what this Kevin Feige thing does. Is remember when we pitched uh Star Wars movies? Yeah. And John pitched that one movie would be Jedi, one movie would be Sith and then it'd come together and fight in the third movie? Yeah. I think with Kevin Feige, something like that is more possible with him as producer. I could see that. So the only like my only my only thing is
1: Kevin Feige has self-processed, he's he's said many times that he is a huge Star Wars fan, and he might be somewhat huger of a Star Wars fan than a Marvel fan. So the only thing I would be concerned about would would be some of your similar things about villains, pacing, and um pop culture references that are dated. Like there's some dated jokes in some of the old Marvel movies, but that's just fine. It's part of Those movies now, like the, uh, I mean, the gang signs on Facebook type of thing, and uh, the like the things, just but the things that Feige does best is his character work, and that's not just being true to the character, but letting like certain characters, like Tony Stark and Captain America's growth throughout Mm -hmm. the entire DC, not the DC, the MCU, is while it took. Twenty odd movies, and it, it shouldn't be like that. Of course, but this is a new type of medium that we're that was that became the MCU. Yeah, it's telling long, drawn out stories. I think that works over, for some.
0: I think that works for Star Wars if he's doing something with uh, you know, where he could uh, you know, like a Knights of the Old Republic because there's a lot of characters in there. He can tell different perspective. From and lead into a climax right and i think i think if
1: we're getting classic star wars old characters from knights of the old republic or even old and, characters that haven't been introduced yet i'm I mean, i'm positive that he will introduce them in a way that is true to the character and true to the new canon and i'm and i'm sure that that i am not afraid of in what he does every single MCU character that he's brought to the table i have i have understood why they've done it and i have i'm pretty much liked every decision they have done for every MCU character the heroes even villains too i mean the villains they they, they get a short they get a short stick they get the short stick of course. I
0: think his movies would be more like the prequels
1: i feel like I like. Did you you saw the how uh, George Lucas's criticism, how it it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't extend special effects.
0: I I saw that and and I feel like so I think there's more there because I was listening to a podcast. Uh, I listened to a podcast called Rebel Force Radio, which is all Star Wars. It's two guys. Mm -hmm. All they do is talk about Star Wars. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And um, Bob Iger, the guy in charge of Disney. You know, they talk about him uh working George Lucas to get the sale on Star Wars and um, you know, George wanted more money. Uh, you know, he but he was like, Hey, you don't have uh you don't have things in development like you know, Pixar does, so we can't give you that type of deal. And George came up, you know, and and, and they talk about it in the episode, and you can go listen to it if you want. Um but you know, I, I kind of agree with them. I feel like over the years, because if you go back to the '80s and stuff, there's videos and there's like in, in interviews and stuff where uh, all the the actors and and stuff are talking about uh, George's ideas for the future, and you know, there was plans, I think, ahead of time and stuff he wrote, to do like a, a seven, eight, and nine. right. And even Lord uh, um, Kaden. Lawrence Kasdan talks about how, you know, he had ideas for midi uh, during empires, or like he mentioned that. So you know, there's like stuff he's written down and all that jazz, like, you know, when he was coming up with Star Wars and and continuing it. So I think he's always had notes for seven, eight, and nine, but he I think he came up with an outline for movies when he did the deal, and I think they promised him that his stories would become what they were when they sold it to him when they bought it but they when they changed it george was mad that they changed the story so i think a lot of it you know is you know cuz he he would uh have new ships he would he would always have new technology and stuff like that to make everything feel different each era would feel different i think you know what they did with the sequel trilogy and this is one of my gripes is they are making it more feel towards the original trilogy with you know vehicles and and starships and stuff like that and uh i think a lot of it is story that they took away his story that they didn't push the story in a more uh developed manner in the universe but also yeah i saw that that they he um bob Iger said that he also wanted uh they didn't push anything forward visually they didn't try to create uh you know a new
1: you know this they had this um documentary that came out fantastic fest or something like that it's about the guy who was the creative director and uh, special effects guy for Return of the Jedi and Jurassic Park. He worked with Steven Spielberg, yeah. Steven Spielberg, and George Lucas. Uh, his name is uh Phil Tippett, and I think mm-hmm. I think you need to see that movie because it's called Phil Tippett: Mad Dreams and Monsters, and they they say it's one of the. Oh, I'd love that, dude. Yeah, he. I love all special effects and stuff. He uh, he they just came out with a movie about him in his life and. What all his work, so I think I think you should uh, you should check that out. But on the on the topic of the sequel trilogy, I am pretty hesitant to what JJ is going to do for the ninth and final movie and how he's going to wrap everything up. I I do not believe he has a hard task because of Last Jedi. I believe he has a hard task because he needs to tie all the loose ends up from all eight other movies and I would not want to be the person to do that. Yeah. Cuz I guarantee it this movie's probably going to be just like the last Jedi where it's going to be a lot of people love it and then some people hate it and then it it's not going to matter cuz everyone's going to buy it anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're going to go see it. Are we all going to go see it together again? I think I think we should. Yeah. Um yeah, I I I I have I am hesitant, in a sense, of, of uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, it took me a little while to, you know, when they announced that Palpatine would be in a movie, I was instantly like, I, you know, I nerd-jizzed mm-hmm. in my brain. But I, uh, I come to terms with, you know, this could be pretty cool, you know, because the potential of what it could do storytelling-wise. And I think, like you said, J.J. Abrams has a tough task ahead. Because I think he's also going to go back to a lot of things he set up, and I think that could uh, cause confusion with what the Last Jedi did. I don't think he's going to do that.
1: Well, hopefully not. I don't he know. Can't if he's going to go backwards, then he's going to lose. He's going to lose a lot of traction with the movie itself. I don't think he's. I think everything that Ryan Johnson did in the Last Jedi and how JJ even said that he would have loved to make that movie. I don't think you're going to see any retcons.
0: I hope not. I mean, he could say that Snoke was put in charge by Palpatine. I mean, that would give Snoke some more significance, I think. It'd be the most logical thing to to say about it. Or just never mention him ever
1: again. Oh, yeah. So he just... (laughs) Everyone's like, who
0: the hell is this guy? Who was he?
1: It's just a shame that the first... Like, if we... If it had been a different uh, 7 movie, I think The Last Jedi would not be as panned or as divisive as people think it is. I think, like, I love The Last Jedi, but I do not love The Force Awakens. And I think if The Force Awakens was different, if they explained things better, then maybe the choices in Last Jedi would not be as shocking or jarring. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that J.J. Abrams set up in The Force Awakens and that and that's the mystery box approach that one of our uh, um, friends uh, Chris Poole from Fireside Comics, he loves the mystery box approach from J.J. Abrams and I, think the, and I think the opposite. I think the mystery box approach actually, actually hinders movies. Sometimes the mystery isn't as great as you think it is and That's probably one of the reasons why I didn't like, like this is another branch from what we're talking about, but the second season of Westworld where there are some good, good mysteries in Westworld. But when the mystery starts to overpass the actual storytelling of the show Or go on too long? Or go on too long, it becomes problematic to like the central core of it. Like I understand it's it's a mystery show, it's it's a part of it is the storytelling, it being a mystery, but when you're trying to pull something over on the audience and it's evident, you know, it's it's like we know what you're trying to do. And it's it sometimes it takes away from the actual storytelling, it loses traction and you know, it kind of could ruin character arcs and it just there's a reason why i i just Season two of Westworld wasn't as good as I thought was the first season. And that's what I hope and wished Force Awakens wasn't. Force Awakens was basically a new hope, but like the ending of Empire, where it was a huge cliffhanger of all these things that were introduced and never, ever spoken of ever again. And, you know, while sure, it does totally suck that we don't get to see why Snoke was the big bad, where the, where the um, First Order came out of the ashes of the Empire. I mean, we just see it from the, the scroll. While it does suck, I think getting rid of Snoke was the best idea of the new sequel trilogy. It just sucks that we don't have a lot of information on him.
0: Yeah, um we can debate that all day (laughs) you know and there's obviously people that like force awakens and don't like last jedi you know it's it's real split you know and uh we'll have to get someone on who uh you know we need a big like panel not a big panel but like a panel that can argue each side you know or help argue each side. You know, someone who likes the sequel trilogy, someone like you who likes Last Jedi and hates the Mystery Box. Someone who likes the Mystery Box, but then, uh, or likes Force Awakens, but then dislikes Last Jedi. And then you can have me, who's just like, the fuck is going on here? But uh,
1: I, d- I do want to say that the people that think that Rey is Mary Sue need only to look at the A New Hope. And see that Luke Skywalker probably did just as much as she did in her first, you know, year as a Jedi. I I, mean,
0: ha- I hate that people say that. I think that's so stupid. It's ridiculous. I, look, you can say you can say Ray has no character development, and I'd be fine with that. But to say a Mary Sue, it like little things like that are kind of insulting. And Very I, insulting. I, I think that's uh, a little ridiculous.
1: You know, I think I think they fail to realize what the. What hap- Like when you believe—that's—it's a huge part of the Star Wars mythos, and that's believing in yourself, believing in a power that is higher than you. Yeah, that is—that is what happens in those movies to Luke and Ray. Yeah, like we, have we you seen?
0: S- have you seen the Magicians? Yeah, I, I, I've read the first book. So you know how the main character believes in that, like. The book and and right 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 right, right. story it's Mm -hmm. almost like ray ray believes uh you know since a child right these these myths and stuff and Mm -hmm. like that's what keeps her 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 uh her spirit going is like you know to want to leave and be more is these these uh stories of like you know, that she's heard of Luke and, you know, the rebel and the Empire defeating right. the Empire and stuff like that. So, in the Force. So, obviously, she's going to uh, fight for that. Right. And I just... She's been on her
1: own her entire life. Where Luke was lived a lavish farm. He was on the lavish farm country. And he had just had... All he did was farm stuff. All right. Ray fought for her life every single day. You know, I, yeah, it's not far fetched to believe that someone's good at something without showing us. You know what I'm saying? We see that she can fly, we see that she fixes things. You know what? It's Star Wars. It's for technically George Lucas has always said it's for kids. And a great, and the great thing about this is that it shows you that anyone can be anything and just. It doesn't need to be freaking rocket science. Mm-hmm. Like pe- like I like I I mean I would I love being a fan of Star Wars, but the fans of Star Wars are some of the harshest critics
0: out there. No, I I really don't want to see Poe and I know a lot of people find uh your boy, My or boy? John's John's favorite actor, I mean. Oh,
1: Os- Oscar
0: Isaac is John's yeah. favorite. I, oh yeah, favorite
1: actor. You know what and we need to do? We need to- Somehow we need a raid bomb, like poster bomb John's <laughs> office, wherever he works, ever, and just put posters and posters of Oscar Isaac up. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. for I'm fucking, I'm doing it. I'm doing it.
0: <laughs> we're getting in touch with the people at the office there, and we're like, let us in. We're going to do this real quick. Yeah, this guy needs to put a smile on his face. John, he never, needs- <laughs> John never smiles, okay? No. He need, this is just... Never.
1: Never. Ever, ever, ever. Like, we need... We need to put a smile on this man's face. And this
0: would John would like love this so yeah. much. It's his favorite actor.
1: Favorite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I know do, do a, lot a, of, a lot of people out there find Oscar Isaac very attractive. Um I'm one and, of them. I, <laughs> he's a very beautiful man. He he can uh I don't know how old Oscar Isaac is, I think he's near 40, and I think Ray is so, there's like a big age gap there and I know it doesn't really matter sometimes, but I I, I think it's a little creepy, so I don't want Poe and Ray to get together and I know it's was looking that way at the end of last Jedi. I'd rather see like some kind of weird love triangle thing with Finn Ray and Rose. I think
1: Harrison Ford was thirty six and larry uh Princess Leia was like in her twenties, so I think the age difference is about the same. That's crazy. I think Harrison Ford was kind of old when he played like when he first got into the business, like he was a carpenter for George Lucas or somebody, and they're like, "Hey, this guy looks awesome. Let's put him in the movie I know that's, <laughs> I know that's not what happened. Guys don't text me. This guy's a hunk me. yeah he he I'm pretty sure he Harrison Ford was in his 30s, like late 30s, when he first started acting. And Princess, uh, her- what's her name? My goodness, Carrie Fisher wasn't the oldest either. So I'm she pretty sure she was 19. She was 19, yeah. So even though their romance didn't really kick off to the second movie. So they were older. But they're, they had a real life romance. Yeah, apparently. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. They were... The drugs she was doing, and Harrison Ford's a beefcake. My goodness, have you seen him in Indiana Jones with his shirt <laughs> half off? I mean, come on.
0: I don't think it was because of drugs. I, I, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just
1: saying. Like, I mean, he is a beefcake, so that could be part of it. I'm not saying it's because of drugs either. Drugs were a problem, though.
0: For, for her, Car- yeah, yeah, eventually, for, yeah. But eventually. I think
1: it's just terrible.
0: On one of the sets, it was either New Hope or Empire when they're, you know, having, uh relationships. Relationship. Relations. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's Those a things story.
1: That, the, the things that adults have.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Kind of, kind of crazy.
1: I don't know. It's, it's hard to capture lightning in a bottle like that. And I don't think it's ever going to happen ever again. You know, you have... The only thing... Like, I'm... I'm I love seeing... What's his name? Oh my gosh. Obi Wan. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of his How'd name. How'd you
0: forget Obi Wan?
1: I can't think. Ian of his McGregor. Name. Ian McGregor. Like I love seeing Ian, Ian McGregor come back, but the nothing truly beats the original cast. And you, and like that's another part of Last Jedi that actually I'm not fond of is how Poe and Ray only meet at the end of the second movie. So you have an entire another movie for them to, which they're already like a movie behind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just stinks. Like this trilogy could have been really like all across the board hundred percent great. And while it's not bad, I mean some people will say it's bad, like that's ruined Star Wars, but truly, I think th- I just think it starts with Force Awakens, and I'm not saying JJ's bad and can't think of original ideas, but it just it doesn't feel original. And it's hard, it's hard to be original when you have, when you try to make a Star Wars movie. Because you're going to get critiqued no matter what.
0: Yeah. We can, talk, we can talk Star Wars all freaking day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We can talk Star Wars. We can talk Spider-Man all day. All day. Um, but the one thing I wanted to ask you before we end the podcast, Chris Hawk, is uh, what has the podcast meant to you? What have you... Gained from doing the podcast.
1: So let's let's start with the deepness. Okay, deepness. So when we started the podcast, it was first. It first was fun, and then when it became like something I looked forward to at the end of the day. When we saw a movie, we're like, I can't wait to podcast that. And it was something that we all did together. Something like a group of friends did. Every night we just talked to each other, what we liked, what we didn't like, what. What could have been what could have been better, what we disagreed on, and that is I think it 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 helped me learn how to look at movies differently, you know how you and John both look in the background of things you guys both look visually at things well i'm I'm more of a in the moment uh immersion like i'm I'm in the movie along for the ride that's that's how I watch and I just ignore most things like the backgrounds or small details. So, you know, getting to watch a movie through your guys' eyes is is a, is a wonderful thing because it's it's different. It makes you go back and see it from like another point of view. And also when I was I so I work I work for a local union and sometimes that involves me working out of town. So I had to work out of town in Mecklenburg, which is about an hour away from Emporia going east. And that was, I worked out of town for nine months. I would come back on the weekends, but it just, during the week, it was a long slog of just, you know, I was with roommates, but it was, I mean, they're, and they were friends, but they weren't, you know, it wasn't my family and wasn't you guys. And I hardly got to see you guys. and I hardly got to see my wife. And I also hardly got to see my newborn. So the podcast was one of those things that kept me afloat while I was out there by myself, basically. And I have you and John to thank because we would do it at least once a week because they had a small movie theater out there. And I would get some of the new releases that you guys got. And we were able to podcast every night. One of, the, one of my best memories is me and you re-watching Rush Hour. And that's a very, it's a very fond memory. So, (laughs) so the podcast helped me. It was a, it was a shining beacon for Mecklenburg because Mecklenburg is a hard time, hard nine months. Like it feels, it feels like a long time, but it's just a blip in time now. But at that moment, it was, it definitely was one of those times where I just, I would get home and I would just not want to do anything at all. And the podcast helped me help motivate me. I'm thankful for that
0: when we first started, it was just uh, me you, and Josh like there's a lot of times when Josh wasn't a, wasn't available, so there' was a lot of times where it was just me and you right and then when he left, you know it was pretty much me and you and then you know we started using uh, John and then John was we just made John a part of it mm-hmm. and well, I think we kind of transitioned John to be a part of it while Josh was still around I think because I, I think our our last episode with
1: Josh was me, you, Josh, and John doing our top tens. So I don't, I think that's how we did it, right?
0: I, I think so. And then, uh, yeah, and then, you know, me and you and John just, yeah, we tried to do a lot of different things. And then, uh, you know, especially when we were getting the guests, you know. Uh, and I still think
1: we should do all that. What I, think, what I think is going to happen is, I think we're going to, like, we're not going to stop doing movies. Cinema's in our name. We'll still talk about movies, but I don't think that's what our focus is going to be on anymore. If you agree. I agree. Yeah. I think, I think we're going to be, we're going to be more personal, more in yeah. diff, and, uh. Probably, maybe it's like a good time to like destroy toxic masculinity. Just three of us, three white boys, killing toxic masculinity. You know, that's what we're doing. That's (laughs) our goal We're gonna destroy it. Yeah, we're just gonna throw a giant sledgehammer at the glass ceiling that is toxic masculinity. Like, I don't think we're gonna do it. Our that's not what we're doing. There's a lot of
0: people that like masculinity. Okay, there's a Uh, lot of women out there that dig masculinity. There's a lot of men out there that dig masculinity. Not the toxic kind, though. Not the toxic kind. Is it all toxic, in a way? That's a discussion for next time. Chris, <laughs> take it away with the send off. <laughs> all right. So us at Cinema Seven
1: want to thank you always for listening with us, for exploring with us. And I messed it up because I haven't done it in a long time. So I'm just gonna say we want to thank you for being along with this ride for us because it's ever changing, it's ever flowing, it's. It's a mischief maker in itself. Cinema seven has always been about movies, but I think we're changing just how lives change. We are we are I th- different now. Movies I think we've, aren't
0: we've are, always been about experience.
1: Right. Uh, and friendship. Right. And I think we're gravitating more towards friendship now than anything else. And I think that might be a good, good cornerstone for the podcast. So Hang on to your hang on to your potatoes. Your Janko jeans. Your Janko jeans. Your your uh (laughs) was it Fubu shirts.
0: Your Fubu shirts and your Janko jeans. I wore both of
1: those at one time. Yep. And your (laughs) element belts. (laughs) And your element belts
0: and your DC uh,
1: shoes. DC shoes and your Nike (laughs) hats or whatever. Nike socks. And your element skater beach hats. Skater. (laughs) And your Kanye shades, okay? And your
0: Kanye shades with your Lando Calrissian
1: cape. When when Cinema 7 hits 88 miles per hour, you guys are going to see some serious shit. That's all I'm going to say. So I want to thank you always for listening with us. I want to thank you always for watching with us. (laughs) And and I want to thank you all for exploring with us why we grow on Cinema 7. Like, there could be five of you listening, total, since the beginning. And that's, you know what? we you love guys, you yeah we love you cuz you keep on listening with us and it's sappy and it's it's dumb but you know we we sort of kind of do this not just for ourselves because but because you guys too and that's that's the
0: podcast that that's that's the podcast that's it
1: Hear what I say We are the business today Fuck shit is finished today what? All T and J need a new PB and J We dropped the classic today We did a tablet of acid today The joys oh. with the matches and ashes away Ay. We dash away dollar and Dixon, the pistol is raffin' away Doctors of death Killing our patients a breath We are the pain you can trust it it work
0: Hooking up curses and slurs Smoking my brain in a mush I became famous for blaming you fuck Maming my way through the brush There was no training or training of me and my bruh Live uh-huh. like a man, but
1: I'm animal raw. We are the murderous pair. that with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurting despair. Used to have power to push, now I smoke power to push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Woo. Woo. Step into the spotlight. Woo. of uppers and downers get done. I'm
0: in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile to turn this whole so town in the dust. Don't make a sound, baby, hush. I am the living, swipe right on the mic, I'm a slut. I
1: don't know how to not spit like a lout. I spill it powder, of my kids on your couch. Half of a and mythical team, dealing this treacherous thing. Legend says L is a spun out of hell. The myth is my mama's a murderous queen. Yo like an can like a Godfather 1. You get the gun as I christen my son. If I die today in this hell, I should pay
0: pagas pagas